Good evening. It's Monday, which means it's time for Enterprise at 8. This is Live Long and Podcast Star Trek Enterprise Rewatch Series. It's been about 20 years. 20 years? That's right, Trip. Since tonight's episode, Cogenitor. Is it Cogenitor? Is that how you say it? Cogenitor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first aired, but we're just getting started here at Enterprise at 8. I'm Jody Simpson, and I had an intro for Adam, but he's not here, so we're going to skip him. And of course, we're also joined by some awesome panelists. <laughs> have to kind of skip it over here. Uh, today, joining us is Live Long and Podcast awesome producer and the man who lives by the moniker. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. I knew you were going to Mater. Yeah, I was like, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. That's an old it- Earth expression. Although what people don't know is the great thing about Dave is you don't have to show him yours. No, yeah. I'll show you mine anyway. I'll show you his. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, who could forget the man who has not been responsible for any suicides like Trip? Well, at least that we know of, Kevin Millard. Oh, like Trip? Are you kidding me? No way. This is all on Archer, and he blames Trip. I know. <laughs> interesting interesting take okay I, I was not necessarily what i was expecting yeah advice. well we'll have to discuss that i guess um anyway tonight's episode as we said is cogenitor this is the 47th episode of the series uh and this is the episode that is about the enterprise encounters the Vissians, a race which includes a third gender of cogenitors which are treated as second class citizens well, we only meet the one cogenitor, but yes. Well, yes, they, but they, they mentioned they have others, right? Um, yeah. So, okay. Like, I'm curious to really hear more about Kevin's reaction to this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm, I am too. This is, uh, have you guys seen The Handmaid's Tale? That's what this is. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. They just really pass these people around to make babies? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And Archer has no problem with this because what? He Flew around in a shuttle with a guy for three days. Yeah, he's now like he's his best that guy's buddy. my pal. He's my pal. He let me he let me go into a into a star. This person asked for asylum. This person asked to be protected, and he said, "Fuck you, go back." We're out here to meet new species, not tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> they do it all the time. Yeah, this really no is other Star captain would have let this fly. Yeah. No other captain. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's go through this here. Kirk, <laughs> would Kirk have let this fly? No, no, way. no way. No, no. way. Uh, Picard, he would be iffy Mm-mm. about it, but I don't think he would let it go. No, if Picard followed the rules, Wesley Crusher would have died in season one. True. True. That's true. Uh, and then we have Cisco. Cisco, I think might. He's the most likely next to Archer to not. Do yeah. It. I think uh, Cisco would be like, no, nope. no. Nope. No way. Cisco will will Cisco will destroy a planet and petty revenge, but he wouldn't <laughs> let oppression continue. No fucking way. Uh-uh. All right. But, no way. Okay, but that Janeway definitely wouldn't. No question. Yeah. Janeway. Well, I, I think they're I don't living think in would. a different era. They're living in like the post-prime directive era. This is pre-prime directive. And I think that there's they're still trying to figure out what their ethics are. But I think that the episode definitely wants to position it that the philo- the correct philosophy is that you don't well, have a would, place. Well, P- would Captain Pike do it? Uh, Captain Pike would get involved. The, yeah, I think he, he would get involved, yeah. Yeah, because he tried to save that kid uh, in the newest season. Um, oh, yes. This episode irritates me so much. It's a good episode. I'm going to rate it highly. It is very good. But 
it irritates me so much because you're right, Dave. The episode seems to be saying that that non-interference in this case is correct. It is not. No. The show is wrong. Yeah, but that 100%. was the whole thing. I think I think that really was the intention of the story, though. Was well, to, the intention, and, and and this is definitely what the the narrative that uh, of Star Trek that I grew up on, we all grew up on, was was very much in the next generation era and into this into Enterprise was that. Um, yeah. you should be more tolerant of other cultures, even if you don't agree with their ethics or their morals, uh, that it's not your place to judge them or tell them how to live their lives. Um, there, there is always a line and it is a line. Like there's always a line and oppressing what is that line. A, yeah. Well, flat out, not allowing, not but, allowing. But is that, a, a is that something that's learned later on though? Live. Like, what? do you think that's learned later on when, you know, Kirk gets involved, uh, you know, Kirk's era? And, this, and... This, this isn't even Starfleet. This is a deep character flaw in Archer and in um, T'Pol. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> Corey Sam, this episode's a five. Uh, All right. It, well, is it as bad as Assignment of Earth? No. No. Wait, where's my Assignment No. Earth? Yeah, is this no? He's saying is it as bad as Assignment Earth? Hell no. Non-interference <laughs> is uh, wrong. I agree state. with the hands made tale will scar you for life. It, my wife watches that, and it's uh, yeah, I watch it's, it. It's it's excellent. disturbing at times. Yeah, very yeah, disturbing. Very, yeah. And and I don't think it's weird. Well Sam, done. You want a rap album with me, my dad, Jeff, Jabil, Jody, and Kevin, and David? It's something. I got fresh him. rhymes, man. I could do it. Yeah, I'm a gangster. I can but strimes, but you can't write and, mine. And Dave watched Compton's Most Wanted one, so he's obviously yeah. qualified. I'm I I did see it once, yeah. so there you go. And, and then I listened to a few of the songs after, so I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty hip with it, guys. Let's 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 walk through the episode. If let's you will. do that. And uh, and remember, so we get this great star system. Um, and again, the the effects in the show don't disappoint. I thought this was good. Yeah, uh, a hypergiant star. We're yes, hypergiant. And uh, they're seen up front, up close. Um, and that's they get the call from the alien ship, I believe, uh, yeah. which we don't get to see him. Look right at that away. psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> She's a cold, calculated killer. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like her so much. And there's the innocent guy just trying to save people. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're well, pretty Well, Trip far. is out of line, though. In the beginning, Trip of the is episode? out of line. Yeah, he's out of line, but it's he's trying to do the right thing. What is he saying? And, but we're talking this part of the episode, he hasn't done anything, right? Well, he's not. No, no. He does. He does ask. Um, I'm still stuck on this. It's Archer's fault thing. I yeah. Tri Trip. Trip says, uh, you know, how old are you? Because she's saying that, you know, because the, uh, there's something like a hundred years before this will go supernova, mm -hmm. um, and maybe maybe two hundred years, and Tapal will still be alive at that time, and. Uh, then so that's where that's that's why trip uh yeah and trip's like Haha, how old will you be then you should be like yeah. 170 or something yeah, like that paul's just like suck it yeah i'm gonna go to hell douchebag that's <laughs> that's that's her expression anyway so we was like ha, 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 camaraderie this conversation that they have with um with uh andreas katsulas who plays the alien captain the Vissian captain in this episode drenick yeah, he's um, been in other things right Oh, he's been in some things. Yeah. Oh, well, most notably, uh, Jody, he was in Babylon 5. Oh, 
Well, I I wouldn't recognize him from that. But, but you would know him actually from the episode Star Trek: The Next Generation's finale. Well, he was in a few extra episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. He was. Um, or let's just move ahead to his photo because most of these are just. This is him having um, coffee or whatever with Archer, and uh, yeah, he was the Romulan in uh, the finale of Next Generation's All Good Things. Oh um, my God! Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay, that's where uh, I know him from. All right. Yeah, where's my where's my clip when I need it? I know I pulled it here. So, Captain, how long shall we stare at each other across the neutral zone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, but man. he he played Ambassador Jakar on Babylon Five and was excellent in that role. Maybe the best uh, member of that cast and some of the greatest monologues and speeches. And I know you guys don't like the show and don't care about the show. I but... don't like, I don't dislike the show. I've never watched it because I, I just have no interest. But it's, but I, if, if, if you believe this guy is a good actor on just oh, that alone, yeah. um, he brought something to that show that uh, made it more than what it was greater than the sum of its parts. And um, yeah. And he, he died too young. Andreas Katsoulis, huge smoker. This guy, Love cigarettes more than anybody else on the planet. He used to like and heat. He used to like get in his his Narn makeup on on Babylon Five, and he would just like chain smoke for hours, and it would just be like, I love this. I know it's gonna kill me, and it did. But he um, he had a, a singular joy for it. I learned that from Babylon Five DVD commentaries. Um, anyway, you're like so, one of three people that probably listened to that commentary. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> I've had it recently. Davin's watched Babylon Five, and he's like, "Yeah, but he did, I, I've watched it, but I don't really like it that much." Um, I'm like, so, I'm like, "Oh man, you're like so close, so close." <laughs> like, so I close. almost had one. <laughs> I almost had him. I almost uh, had one, but then right yeah. at the end, he pulled the rug from me. <laughs> yeah, typical Davin fashion. He's like, "No, Jade Michael Straczynski. I don't like his uh, his his writing choices." But I mean, fair enough, I guess. But. Uh, anyway, so, so there's this whole thing. He talks about like, hey, why don't you come into the star with me, Captain? Uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to go right close to the star. We, we have shields that are way more advanced. Um, and uh, Archer, you know. I am an explorer. He takes the challenge. So go in. And then we get the whole chocolate and vanilla. This is called vanilla. And this is chocolate. Uh, and you got to eat the cherry on top, guys. Even though I hate cherries, and I don't that was this. my intro for Adam, but he's not yeah, here. he always eats the cherry first. Got to eat the cherry first. This. Why? No, you just do. A human tradition. Exactly. <laughs> it's a human tradition. Um, I hate cherries. Uh, always have, and um, always will. So I'm just saying it now. <laughs> I don't even. Well, sorry. One of these yeah. days we'll review the episode. <laughs> uh, we had, Were there we had, any cherries on Babylon Five? Well, yeah. forget Babylon Five. I'm guys. waiting for when he announces the Babylon Five podcast that nobody will join him for. Nobody will. Sam will watch it, I think. But um, yeah, no, I, David won't even come to it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Davin's like a podcast whore. Like he'll be on anything. Yeah, but he won't, he won't be, be on, on Babylon, Babylon Five. Five. Yeah. yeah, but we get to meet this other woman here. Her name is um, Velo, and so she has like this romantic storyline with Reed in this episode. Um, yeah, the, the whole "Show me mine if you show you yours," um, which you is know, just I, so cringy. Yeah, did you guys like this story? This part of the storyline? No. Yeah, sure. Why I mean, not? Like, throw Reed a bone here. 
Like, <laughs> I think the problem is Reed already has a bone, and he was throw, yeah. trying to throw it at her. But yeah, she was like the aggressor. Um, it. But then we find out that later on in that other episode, uh, the, the future one, where we get to meet like the, the descendants of Enterprise, that Reed didn't get married to anybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, why? What you know? Because I guess he was because his truce. he's cringe, man. Well, not to this Vissian lady. She's all for it. She's she's eyeing him up. You know, she'll, yeah, she's like, I'll, I'll... she's just a, she's just uh, it's just a cultural exchange. She's not looking for for any for long term. She's not looking to have a cogenitor join in no, and, and maybe no. make a baby. She's not no. even interested in talking to him after. Like... OK, uh, so they say, hey, go talk to the engineer over there. And this is where we meet the engineer um, who's this guy who plays the chief engineer, like the 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 um, the, the dad or whatever, or the, the the husband. He's from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine as well. Yes, uh, he played Hefe, uh, like in oh, that, okay, in the yeah. episode "The Ship" uh, yeah. and a couple yeah. other episodes. But yeah, I know yeah, you're talking about. He was the one making fun of O'Brien. Like, you're the mountain man. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> right. He was really good. Um, the wife, um, you know, is is also part of this whole. That's thing. one thing I do like about this series, though, is the amount of Star Trek alumni that are in it. Like there's they get recycled. There's, yeah, there's always like somebody that's been in a, some other Star Trek show. Or Babylon 5. Yeah, uh, no one cares. But uh... <laughs> and LeVar Burden directed this episode by by the way, guys. Um which would explain the love thing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So so Trip tries to say hello to the cogenitor, and this is where we uh we, we get this. Trip Tucker, welcome aboard. Hello. It has no name. Our cogenitor. Co-genitor. We're hoping to have a baby. Ah. Ah. Um, you know, I didn't put that whole hands made tail thing into this until Kevin brought it up. But it's exactly oh God, like whoever exactly wrote this it. episode read that book. They probably read, but uh, they got a very different interpretation from it. Uh, a little bit different, but yeah, because uh, well, Rick Berman and Brandon Braga wrote this episode. Um, and well, let's use the term wrote. It kind of shows. Um, it's definitely like this is what I think this this uh, uh, this belief in non-interference and non-judgmental being non-judgmental to the other culture was definitely something I think Gene Roddenberry tried to invoke into Rick Berman when he uh, when he took over. Uh, Will you be my co-janitor? But why didn't he write? Why didn't Gene Roddenberry write the original series that way then? Kirk is always always judging other cultures and always but spock is always telling him not to do that right and spock loses most, <laughs> most of the spock, time yeah spock is supposed to i think often have the more enlightened viewpoint in the in star trek well it's the same story. thing in this show though to is generally the one that's kind of more stricter and she she really does kind of do the right thing most of the time but I yeah. don't know about this episode, but no, uh, not this one. I, well, I, Flox no definitely way. seems to also share this philosophy in the episode, right? Because yeah. he's like, not everything's limited to, to genders, and uh, you know, like I have encountered other species like this. Uh, but I'll, I'll, on the other hand, when he finds out later on that the cogenitor has the same cognitive abilities, he seems to be disturbed by that too, as well. That they're you know not allowed names and um, or any to other be kind of people. Identity to read or whatever yeah yeah uh kevin gene ronberry did not work on enterprise yeah he was no, long but... past dead by the time <laughs> yeah he was long past no no, no i meant why like why didn't he uh write star trek that way the original not enterprise no. i i'm not sure that he didn't i think that this is still 
a thing in Star Trek that is an ongoing thing. And I think it's, it's a long-term debate, I think, or kind of discussion about what is the right thing? Like if we got out into space and we met a species who we didn't agree with something like this, you know, what, what is our, what are we to do in that situation? Um, you know, do we just ignore it? What if it, the situation's reversed and they said, well, we don't like, you know, something about your culture that we think is completely normal. They actually say that in this episode and he yeah. turns and looks at them and says, nobody is forced to do anything here. In that example, yes, but there might be another example uh, that would be disapproved that we wouldn't think about, we wouldn't consider. It's hard to come up with it because it, uh, it's it, it's hard, to, we wouldn't think about it, right? right. But to them, uh, it's not like that they've considered that this is wrong and they've decided to disregard it. We don't get enough information on these Visians to really know why their culture is set up like this it, it, they do seem like they should know better like they're enlightened enough and friendly enough that they should know better yeah yes. they're obvious they well we're they're portrayed as being very advanced right like yeah you know even that line he says like you know oh you know a thousand years ago is when the guy who invented our engines you know lived you know that kind of thing so yes you know that right. kind of gives you this they, you know, they don't they invented warp drive they invented war drive a long, long time ago, and yeah. and and they don't stray. They don't. They, they're explorers, but they don't go too far from their own solar system. We find out too, so they don't encounter a ton of other species. Um, yeah, not because they can't, because they don't feel like it's a good idea. They lack vision. <laughs> the Visians <laughs> lack vision. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that wordplay. Uh, this was two thousand three, right? This episode yes. came out. Yep. And I think Andreas Katsulas died in 2005 or four. Maybe. So oh. this is right near the end of his life. Um, but I, you know, I thought that there was, there were some cool scenes, although, you know, I was like, I, would you want to sit in this car with Andreas Katsulas for like three days? Well, and it's a little tiny ship too. Like, <laughs> you know, like what are they doing for sleep and stuff? Hey, like, they obviously did some bonding. <laughs> well, yeah. I, uh, I'm guessing. I'm guessing Archer was the little spoon. That's that's my guess. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Any wide wide shots here where we get to see like the the back of the pod? Uh, not really. Like this is. Did they just sit? Did they just sl sit in their little office chairs? Like um, with that clearly have adjustable bags. <laughs> so Sam asks, "Where is Davin?" And my response to that would be probably doing something that is not his podcast. Because this isn't his podcast. He's telling everyone about Babylon 5. That's there you go. That's what Davin's doing. doing. <laughs> yeah, but Dave, do you want that? He didn't like it. Yeah. Well, he kind of likes it. Most people don't. <laughs> but not as much as I like it, I would say. Uh, anyway, and then, yeah, there was this whole thing where uh, Trip goes over to the other the Vissian's ship. And he had to get like inoculated for Omicron radiation. Uh, to be near their warp core, but basically, what their warp core looks very much like what we would consider like the Federation's warp cores right. would look like in a few uh, centuries, right? So they have they're probably a century or two ahead um, of their current technology, at least in in warp propulsion. We find that this is also the case with the weapons technology as well. Uh, but in mostly like Trip is like asking him way more about the cogenitor than he is about um, about about like engineering specifically. Uh, and I think he like makes up a reason to like kind of look go yeah. around or no he has to like go to dinner first he's like can we go to dinner or can I come have dinner with you and at first it, it's a curiosity but it's also like this little mission he puts himself on which I think yeah. is part of what tr 
the other problem Archer has with with his actions is that you know that this this um, cogenitor didn't ask for help. That he kind of went out of his way to to kind of. Oh, so if you see someone being oppressed, if they don't ask you for help, you should just turn the other That's way. That's fine. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you think that this is his job to try to teach her how to read? Yes. I don't it is his that. job. As a human being with feelings and compassion, it is his job. It is not. I don't know I dare say that. his duty. No. I don't think that's his duty to be the universal teacher or to, yeah, it's like to his teach him duty as a human being to try and help. But she's not human. She's not human. No, she's but not... he is. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, I don't think I agree. Like, because it's, um, they could, you could, you could go out of your way to do this in a bunch of situations where it wouldn't be appropriate. Like, you Which know, the, one? <laughs> I know it's well, hard to come up on yeah yeah since I can't come up with one I must be wrong but no 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 um it was just kind of a trick <laughs> like okay like if they met an alien species who mm -hmm. they didn't wear I'm just making this up okay like I don't mm -hmm. know what this, if this is the best example but let's say they don't believe in wearing clothes but we right. do okay and they they try to strip us naked and and uh and tell us that that's the way we have to live because that's how they live right and we're like right no. you know um that's not a good example because they would have to be they you were being oppressed by your clothes you know and 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 when whatnot but it's not necessarily up to us i think also on on our planet okay like we might not agree with the way like iran treats women right but right. we don't invade iran and try to give them freedom no, but, that's what the Americans yeah, are for. But but we should accept refugees yes. escaping Iran and not turn them back. Uh, yes, I think that that's... The asylum thing is what I think that's is the issue we, here. It, we I, we I don't should think also should. try to uh, get the people in Iran and these other countries the internet so they know what life can be like outside of their oppressive regime. So we should try to help it doesn't necessarily mean a full-scale invasion but we should but you, but try what's, to what's, help. Uh, but you're also interfering yeah yes you should interfere when people are being oppressed no because that where does that end you could you couldn't you when could, nobody's you could... being oppressed anymore oh but like but it's who who made you the world police to decide what's what's oppressed and what's not Y'all need 10 minutes? Like, I can just hang out. <laughs> well, I think, like, because you're saying that humans should impose human morality on every species they meet. No. No. But that's what you're saying. Like, because that's, the mo that's their duty as human beings. This person wanted to escape. Once yes. they saw the truth, they wanted to escape. So it's yeah. two different he issues here. I, I agree. I agree that he that. should... He should have granted the asylum. I agree with that. A hundred percent. But I I also think what Trip did was wrong. No. So because he all didn't... he did was show her the world. He didn't he didn't abduct her. He didn't she went with him willingly. He didn't 
try to change their entire society. He was trying to help an individual. Right. But by because he had judged their culture without even having enough information. That's true. What? He didn't. He didn't. Well, he, he knew, judged the he, culture. He knew next to nothing about their culture. Right. We only meet one cogenitor. But we've, yes, we've met one cogenitor who has no name, who is equally as intelligent as anybody on that planet, but is not allowed to live a life equal to the other people on that planet. And I agree that's bad. But Sam I, says he has a new opinion of you today, Dave. Oh, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> so it's... <laughs> I I I I I I don't subscribe to the idea that you can go around like I don't know judging everybody you meet and then trying to it, like impose your values into the into their lives. But that's not what he's doing. He snuck onto he's their not ship, imposing his and values, he, and he brought her onto his ship. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like all he did was show her the show her the what what's possible. That's it right what's wrong with that what's wrong it's, with showing he, he has no he has that's not what his assignment is for no one's asked him to do that that's just no him. this is a little side work for him this, this is not that you don't get to just go on your little side mission like Are, this. have but, you ever watched star trek dave we <laughs> all do this Right. Well, yes, everybody gets to go on their little side mission. I could have seen this more out of a young. Like, if they had given this storyline to uh, Mayweather, I would have. I think it would have made a lot more sense. But or Hoshi. Could, yeah. Yeah, the younger character, but to give it to Trip, I think is also the weird part of it because he's supposed to be like the third in command of the ship, and he doesn't necessarily uh, seem mature. But maybe not. He's you know, if you were Trip Tucker, you'd be doing the exact same thing. So absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All know. right, let's move on. Well, I think maybe that's a way it makes it a good episode because there's not a clear cut yes, thing. In is. my mind, well, I'm to you right. there is. To me, there's not. <laughs> I, think that this is a little, I, I think that this is a little bit more complicated. You're wrong, Dave. Uh, that's all there is to it. <laughs> You're wrong. All right, well, I, that's fine. <laughs> no, I just uh, like and we get the whole stinky cheese scene here with Stinky himself. Um, where you know, because apparently the Vissians they like fragrance, not necessarily taste, or that's like that a, neat, uh, a neat little add on to their 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 species. That, yeah, they yeah. Like they smelly things and it, it, the aroma of things. Um, and except except for this cogenitor aspect, the Vissians seem quite pleasant. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know they you know otherwise, but they're they're uh, they 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 definitely have this thing, but. Remember, only three percent of their population is a cogenitor. Yep. Is it possible that uh, they oppress them because their population would die out, or birth rate would get too low? Yes, Dave. Know? You just described the plot of the Hands Handmaid's Tale, uh, well, yeah. and it's it's not a feel good story. It's not. No. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> but I've watched a little bit of The Handmaid's Tale, and I can... Um... All I can tell you is after you watch that show, you're very uneasy with things. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> uh, it's like every time I sit and watch part of that, I'm just like, oh, I feel so bad for even watching this. And it's not like it's terrible. It's good. It's just I feel bad because of the context. Yeah. 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 
which I'm sure yeah. is what Atwood wanted when she wrote the original book. And Sam agrees that. with you, Kevin. Yeah. So. Well, Dave, I, I knew you would disagree with me. I even said that to Ashley before we started, because you're always on the other side of interfering. You were always, you're very, you would, you would be a very good uh, Starfleet captain. Because you would always follow the prime director. Right, let a bird, let yeah. a bird. Yeah, no. uh, you'd be a, you'd be a secret admiral before you even knew it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I would necessarily. I wouldn't think I would I would break protocol. Uh, t- but like, maybe- think about think about this situation. This think about this situation with Picard. Mm-hmm. Picard could not have acted like Archer. It would have ruined his character. Yeah, true. I think that the asylum thing agreed. Uh, Like, there's, there's two, and I think what so definitely. He would have given Trip a dressing down, but then said he understood. Yeah, Archer just blames Trip for her death, and then says, "Get the fuck out of my office." Yeah, the 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 final scene in this episode is actually pretty brutal. Well, I think uh, even just even the pronoun thing, I think, is an interesting thing to bring up because, like, you know, they call uh, the cogender it. This is um, yeah. back in 2003 or whatever. So we're not where we are today with our pronouns and gender identities and all these things. But there, he's like, I don't agree with how, the, how they call the cogender it. They, it seems like it's he goes, he seems like more like a she. So he's he assigns she to the cogender. Right. But no one, she, they didn't ask for that. So uh, either, right? So it was kind of like another thing I was not necessarily approving of. Um, sure, but that's a bit of a lesser crime. Yeah, right. I guess like him lying to this guy about what he's going to do while he goes off and like sneaks. Is this where he goes out for dinner? Man, there's a lot of screenshots. I mean, this is where they have the dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they also said the cogenerator only eats like once a day or something like that. Like, and here's the thing: like these people don't even seem like they want her to suffer. It's just never occurred to them that that this person is a person, right? Yeah. More of a thing. Yes, exactly. Hmm. I would like. I would love to know more about the history of their species and know why that how they got to this place, but. Um... Because it doesn't seem like it's 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 malevolent at all. It doesn't seem no, like they, they... I don't, you don't get the impression that it's malevolent, but it's you know, as an outsider looking at the situation, it's not right. But, but it it must be. Yeah, it must be at least far back. It must be malevolent because it, it they must know that this three percent of the population, if they are not kept dumb and subservient that they will not be able to have children or as many yes. at least. so yeah. at some point it had to be malevolent yes right and maybe they don't think of it like that because it's just been the way it's been maybe forever i don't know for thousands of years right right yeah could very well be the case yeah um it's hard to imagine that that wouldn't come up you know because like think about all the things we debate in our own society all the time you know, things that we used right. to think were completely normal are not anymore. Right. And so um, I don't know, like it's it, that that that's a bit curious, but we, we never see the species again. So it's a little bit of a le- left on the table. This is where he gets the DNA uh, test of the cogenitor. And this is where Phlox tells him 
same cognitive abilities as the uh, as the all doesn't matter if you're man woman or cogenitor you're you're just as uh capable and you have just as much potential yeah uh, and then yeah more of archer flying around with andreas katsoulis um he even takes the co- the, the helm at one point he grabs his balls yeah grabs grab it by the balls and let's <laughs> you, let's go right through he's like takes him through this like how could he deny requests from a man who taught him to fly in five axes <laughs> yeah exactly five axes what's oh, yeah. all right um, don't even try to get your head around that one yeah okay yeah i won't uh and then this is this is where he goes to see the engineer and this is where he sneaks off and this is where he talks to uh their name comes to be charles so <laughs> uh and, and they're just like they're not here they're like oh he's like i'm here to see you you know and why and um i think that like you know you're not supposed to be teaching me how to read and i think you can't help but definitely understand what trips motivations and why he's so encouraged here and trust me i it's not like i'm like don't teach that woman to read (laughs) i'm it's not i'm not yelling at my screen like that or whatever i'm just saying dave's just evil (laughs) no i'm just i'm just not gonna take it upon myself to be the superhero to like you know come in here and save the day like necessarily uh once you're asked for help it's a different story in my mind but um you know like he's also influencing her like by saying like well you don't have to put up with that and you should fight back and you should tell them this and yeah but he does encourage her because he thinks he's actually thinks well of of this species as well because he says they'll listen ask them talk to them they'll listen they don't they don't but he thinks they will so he's not even encouraging her to leave he's just saying Make them understand that you're a person, and maybe, maybe, maybe he can kind of nudge a change or something. Right. Here. Yeah, maybe. I think that's the intent. You know, um, is that noble? Yeah, it's. But I think sort of. I think doing this uh, outside of the chain of command, doing this on Starfleet's first ship. I'm like, you're not. You're d- diplomatically, this is problematic. Like, at, oh, for at sure. best, at best. And you know, and so it's. Um, but some things are just right. Well, how far do you take that though? What if what if they had wanted to go to battle over this, or you know, like I don't know. It's 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 not necessarily mind your own business. Maybe is something I definitely um, sometimes subscribe to uh, when it comes to separate entities. Like they're not in the Federation. They're not part of Earth. They're not in an alliance with them. So they're not. A, to do anything we think is the right thing or wrong thing you know they're not they're not required to um that's it like it's not it's not it's it's casting judgment i think is not necessarily the best course of action all the time um we we had to even get to that point with the klingons in star trek and they kill people true murder people and do all kinds of really bad things anyway (laughs) um but you know, so and then more of these two flying around in five axes. Ooh. Well, it's better than four axes. Better than four, better than three. Anyway, they come back. Um, and this is where you know Reed's showing what's her name, the the weapons, photonic torpedoes, we find out about. He's like, Photonic, huh? Um photonic. Those could be useful. Yeah. And then he shows her like oh yeah. <laughs> 
He was checking out her bum. Oh, her yeah. Bum. You saw the look on his face her after bum. this scene, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it always comes down to bums with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where is it? She's got an awfully nice bum. Yeah. She's got an awfully nice bum. Awfully nice. And where's my uh, my, my my favorite one here where he, he tells her the old human expression. Uh there's an old earth expression i'll show you mine if <laughs> you show me yours totally creepy totally yeah. creepy yeah but she, it's not creepy because she's no like, no it's creepy she's already made the first move ah he's still creepy he scares uh, me the other thing we too we found out was also about this species was that um the, the the Vissians have an incredible like cognitive ability because the captain said yeah. earlier in the episode he wrote he read all the Shakespeare plays or something like in yeah, one night right. or something crazy. So um, if they're you speed readers, they're speed readers and they learn at an incredibly fast rate. So like so Charles here uh, learns everything very fast. Um, you know he's very excited to learn more, and then was crushed when was forced to go back. To be a sex toy, um, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that that was a very good description. Dave. It was a very good description. <laughs> yeah, it's not inaccurate. I think I feel uh, a little uncomfortable about it, but um, it, it was a good description for sure. This is the scene where the where the Vissian cogenitor says they want their name to be uh, Trip. I'd like my name to be Trip, just like yours. Actually, my name's Charles. Then I would like my name to be Charles. I'm flattered. It would have been awesome if he was like, oh, no, this has been a big mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At that point, it's like, eh, are you sure you're doing things right here? Yeah, he's super encouraged. And then are these two still flying around. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Captain's Holiday over here. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of this. Picard, mind you, but you know. Yeah, he's like sometimes you gotta fly, go right through the waves, just like in like um, was it like in Kalua or Hawaii or something like that? You know, you had to go through, um, just push through. And I, I think they did this because I think I fully think that Archer sells her up the river because he's this is his new bestie. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's, yeah, if he hadn't had this bond with this captain, do you think he would have made a different decision? I think he would have thought about it longer, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, where he, yeah, he takes cogenitor Charles takes Charles through the the corridors and showing off the transporter room, different things. Takes takes them to engineering, the engine room, and how. I think this is where this is where they ask for asylum. Oh no, this is where they said they talk about the movies. Movie, yeah, yeah. Cool. Some, some cool uh, uh, Easter eggs on that list of movies, including The Bride of Chaotica and Dixon Hill, of course. In Dixon Hill, yeah. Uh, ones there. I think there's the man from San Francisco watches westerns. I think that's where they start. No, they start with uh, the day the Earth stood still. Oh, the science fiction. That's right. Yeah, yeah, which is a great movie. Learning great about movie. great, great reference in here. Like this is 
really a beautiful episode in a lot of ways you know um i do like this uh this whole scene here with the what is this game uh go go othello could be either of them i think it's othello othello yeah. i didn't actually see them play it so i don't know it's not it um what do you what's that other one with black and white things um stratega or something like that or stratego stratego yeah well, i think stratego is just i think it's just um like um oh, what's it called i think that's just like the american name for uh for something yeah yeah well uh, charles manages to beat trip um in this game showing off how just how intelligent they are and um you know like i'll talk to the captain it's gonna be all right and then Tapal calls up trip says yeah they don't want you on the ship anymore the Vissians are pissed at you <laughs> yeah you're, uh, you're a blacklisted bud yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> that's basically what she says <laughs> yeah she's like not impressed you know and he's like well you don't even know they don't, they're not teaching her to read and blah 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 and she doesn't care this is why you yeah. this is hence kevin's comment psycho um psychopath yeah psychopath yeah but uh tapal's quite content in her ethics around it um and uh, you see, yeah, even the shot here where he's like, listen up, man. Like when, Tri when, Tri when the captain gets back here, he's totally going to take my side. You're going to see, you know? And she's like, uh-huh. Um, this is where the co-janitor then snuck into in, in Enterprise. And yeah, they don't, they're very mad. They want, they're, as soon as our captain gets back, they're going to be taking us away, she said, they say. Um. And then they finally get back. The call is, you better get up here. There's kind of like, there's some diplomatic incidents happening here. <clears throat> What's that? Archer says. And then this, <laughs> this is where he then uh, begins. This is his uh, his first like, of the you're two. Screw, you're screwing this all up, Trip. I got to do bestie. Yeah. I did exactly what you do, Captain. It's not like and I he did. Choice. I wasn't gonna Would you excuse it. us, Subcommander? Yeah, get the hell out. He did do what I mean, how many times has Archer interfered for uh, lesser things? Millions. <laughs> Half dozen times, I'd say. Um at this point. Quite a lot. But now all of a sudden his new friendship is in jeopardy. Well, yeah, he, like this area, this clip's a bit long, but I think it, it kind of sums up what what he where his standpoint is. You know? I did exactly what you do, Captain. It's not like I had much choice. I wasn't going to. Would you excuse us, sub commander? I might have expected something like this from a first year recruit. I want to. I want to but beat him you. up. You did exactly what I do. That's true. Then I've done a pretty lousy job setting an example around here. True. You're a senior officer on this ship. You're privy to the moral challenges I've had to face. You know I've wrestled with the fine line between doing what I think is right and interfering with other species. So don't tell me you know what I would have done when I don't even know what I would have done. I didn't think it would hurt to teach her how to read. Then you didn't think hard enough. We're out here to meet new species, not tell them what to do. Teaching her to read is no different than you giving them books or movies. Giving them books is a lot different than suggesting they defy their culture. And they asked me for the books. Did she ask you to teach her how to read? No, sir. So I think I know where Kevin stands. 
Where do you where, where, where do you fall in this argument, Jody? Well, I do believe in the whole idea of not interfering, but the thing that bothers me about this episode more than anything is that she asked for asylum. And once mm-hmm. somebody asks for asylum, that should be granted and you should do what you can. And Archer just ignores that. He he just doesn't he doesn't care. Uh he's too busy. I I, I agree with Kevin on that point. Uh is you know, essentially Archer's like, you know, my best friend comes before this chick who needs asylum or you know, whoever she is, but it's yeah, it's I I I definitely agree with both of you for different reasons. So I'm kind of in the middle here. Well, I think I'm, we, we I'm all, Switzerland compared to you guys, right? We now. all we all agree. I think the three of us all agree that he should have granted the asylum request. And yeah, absolutely. I think we kind of maybe agree that he was maybe influenced by his relationship with Andreas Katsoulis. Also character. agree with that. Yeah. Um, what we what Kevin and I disagree on was our is more trips actions in, yes. in the first place for sure. Um. Well, and I agree to a degree with you on that one, Dave, because, well, and Archer kind of says it in his little rant there. He's like, you know, we're not here to change these people. We're here to learn about them. And he was interfering with them. He is interfering with certain things. But the fact that she asked for asylum leads me to believe that she's not happy where she is. And, you know, she wants she wants more for herself. And, you know, that's, you know, uh, so really it's. It's it's a hard it's a hard line for me to be able to jump on here because I can see both of your guys' points for sure. Uh, Kevin, don't you think in like even in the spirit of this being a first contact that this is in poor taste? No. Okay. No. In every situation, if you see someone being oppressed in that way, being oppressed so severely, it is incumbent upon you to try to help. I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't and know if it's. If, I don't if know if you, I necessarily. If, you, if it agree. ends your career, well, it ends your career. If it's if it like it's, you you, you can't let it continue. Well, 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 you you can't save every Vician cogenitor in no, this entire can't. society. No, you can't. But the ones that ask to can be help saved. the one that is in front of you now. And I still feel like there's not enough information about this culture. We can kind of summarize a few things and make some assumptions, but uh, we we don't have enough information. And I do disagree that this is important. Like I think this is important for a first contact. They, they just met these people two days ago. Um, True. And, and I just think that there's it's 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 a it, that's not what Starfleet is supposed to be doing. Saying like, oh, we don't like this. And we're going to take this person off your ship, and we're going—they're—they're they're under our protection now, and we'll—we'll we'll fight you if you want. It's—it's it's, um, not nice. Um, <laughs> it's not and, nice. There you go. And that not what—I'd agree with Archer. Well, that's not what they're here to do. Um, they're not on day one. That's not how you. That's not. Well, how you I agree it. with Archer until the asylum thing comes up, because at that point, the asylum thing comes up it's kind of your duty, man. Like it's, it's something that like, even if you look at, like you look at our history, you know, like for instance, world war two, you know, if, if, if Germans wanted asylum, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of countries that would do that. Um, you know, they don't want to be part of that, um, you know, during world war two, for instance, but it's, you know, the asylum thing is what broke it for me because I was on, I was definitely on the side of Archer until the asylum part. And then at that point, I'm like, eh, no. Like, I, I don't really think that Trip was trying to screw up things. 
but I think he did go out of his boundary. Like he, he went past where he should have went. Um, you know, so eh, it's a hard one for me. I really don't have like a fine definitive side on this one. <laughs> it's, it's brutal depending on what part of the the story I'm in at that point. I, guess. I feel like I feel like there was more more time in the episode about him debating why to, to you, they could have even had like a hearing around this. I think that could, there was there's yeah. opportunities in the episode for why this would have why just like in that episode with the cues where um, Quinn asked for asylum and and Janeway's like there's a proper protocol captains are supposed yeah. to have an asylum hearing right. Yeah. Um, and that didn't happen here. I guess that protocol did not happen. No. Didn't wasn't invented. But yet that protocol might not be around and, yet. And so. it was kind of disgusting when they were saying goodbye, and the the captain of the other ship was like, "I'm sorry about all this ugliness before." And like yeah. it's it's they made a deal. They sent her sent sent them back, and that that death is on Archer one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the whole him blaming trip thing is kind of that's pretty shitty. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's we're cool, man, right? You gave us back the cogenitor. Like this conversation would not have been as pleasant if he if he had granted the asylum. Clearly, um, no. but know. couldn't have he used his? I mean, this 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 captain says to him, you know, we've gotten to know each other better in three days, like we're than other people who work twenty years. Right. And we're such besties. We're so such good friends. Could he have not used? Could Archer not have used his influence to help this person? Yeah. He could have. Yeah, yeah. He, but he, he didn't. But didn't. You think he would have had uh, his ear, especially since this guy can read every work of Shakespeare in one night. So he could probably yeah. read a whole bunch of philosophy textbooks that we have. On yeah, he's he's clearly an educated man. Like he, he you know, there's no doubt. Like, you could educate the Vissians so much faster about our morals. And why we believe what we believe, you know, and maybe through that means you can make them understand why there's this like huge gap. Because I think to the Vissians in this episode, they just don't even get like, what's your problem, man? Like, they don't even understand what you're talking about. And yeah. so I'm not saying they're right. I'm just it saying that doesn't really track to me for this species. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're so kind, like they're not just advanced. But they also seem good natured and kind, and it even even the couple seems pretty kind to the cogenitor. Yeah, as much but, as, you, as as kind as you can be to a slave, I suppose. Right. right. Well, uh, uh, a sex slave. And this is the whole trope, trope that Star Trek uses, though, which is the whole look at this society, look how advanced they are, and then mm-hmm. there's something underneath it, right? Right, which is you know right. the slavery aspect things or the cogenitor in this scenario, right? Um, and like and, and in those situations, Starfleet almost always interferes. Yeah, well, Kirk did that a lot of times. Like mm-hmm. uh, Kirk is a perfect example of interference. Like and, the man uh, interfered with everything, and 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 Picard would too. It would have to be sometimes, but yeah. with Picard, it was always something like this. One yeah. of his crew has sort of overstepped. Yeah, like the pen pal episode. Their their duty, but now he has to deal with it. Archer doesn't deal with it. He just says, fuck you, Trip. <laughs> yeah. Douche. Well, and P- Picard, like if you look at that episode, the pen pal episode with Data, right? right? Like uh, that's a perfect example of Data right. going past what he was allowed to be doing. And then, you know, obviously uh, that led right. to the Right, and in, in that episode, he dresses him down. He does. But then does the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like Archer could have done that. Yes. Right? Like, dress mm-hmm. trip down, but then go, like, I understand, and now we're going to help. Right. Well, there, and I think, like, you know, Sam's point here about Kirk interfered with the Vulcans, and there was some, there was some, we've seen that the Vulcans judge human culture all the time. Yeah, the, the Vulcans are very big on interference. And, and we know that Earth and Vulcan have influence on each other, and I think you can move that needle. I just don't think you'd do it in the way the trip went about it in this episode. I think that like, if you want to like uh, try to change this situation, I think you do it through diplomacy, through culture, through education, not by like, like say, yeah. Like, and that's the one problem I have with this episode, because in a first contact type environment, they, they really are supposed to be using diplomacy and there's no diplomacy at all going on here. And it's almost to the point that it's, it's a farce. Like it's, yeah. Like not only, okay. and it's not only, it's not only trip. That's the problem here though. It's also Archer. Like oh. Archer should be using diplomacy to deal with this situation, but instead he's like, Nope, fuck you trip. You're an asshole. You caused all this. And now look what's happened. Right? Like that's what he does. So then, then Archer is obviously the asshole in this scenario. Right? So it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. So like the, the whole thing here and where he gives the news that cogenitor has committed suicide and, yeah. um, you know, what an of... asshole in this scene like yeah just he knows that trip is going to be hurting over this and he fucking just yeah he just he it. just jabs him hard with it yeah um and he's putting off his own guilt on trip here yeah well he says you know it's my fault i'm responsible and he says you're damn right you are um and now there's yeah, a child that won't be conceived. There's a child that won't be conceived because of this. Oh my God. That is straight out of the handmaid's tale. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I can't believe that you brought this up though, because like I, I didn't even put those two together and like uh, my wife, like she, she watches that religiously. Like it's she's gone through the series like four times. Like it's, it's brutal. His case. Every time I catch it, I'm like, Oh, you know, if this was Florida or Singapore, it'd be the right thing, but we're not. We're in deep space. A person's dead. A person who would still be alive if we hadn't made first contact. And But would they? Would they really be alive? Yes, they'd be alive. But you're you're saying in the sense of like having would they have a life? Uh but that's they'd still be alive. Like but would they have a life? Yes, but she didn't know what she was missing until she was presented it. So Right. She was content with her life until Trip came along and changed things, right? So yeah, well, that's, that's 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 the argument here, and I I I, I definitely understand where Kevin's coming from, uh, but I think it's a little bit. Oh, I think you both argument, have extremely like... valued points. Uh, I, I think, and it, if anything, that kind of shows you how good this episode is in a way, because really, it's 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 made you think about it, right? Like, and that's one thing that has always been great about Star Trek. Made me well, angry. Yeah, I, just angry. Right. Oh, the ending made me super angry. I was just like, I'm like, what the? F- what the I was hell mostly, is this? I was mostly just left sad by it and going, is this the it best? It is a sad Earth- episode. This yeah. is the best Earth has to offer. These two, like, you know. These two monkeys running around. <laughs> yeah. Like, being jackasses. We... Right. And I, then I, here's I... another two monkeys that are also jackasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good episode, wh- though. I, I will rate it highly. Why, it was wh- a good episode. <laughs> what was the official reason he didn't grant the asylum? He, they never say. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't have know. like 
He doesn't have a spe- like normally in those episodes of Asylums. There's like the captain will be like, "I made my ruling based on these things," almost like a legal drama. Yeah, there, there's usually something. like even like a trial kind there's of. There's usually something. On. Yeah, hearing, yes, they, just, yeah they just cut scene to them the him saying goodbye to his bestie. Yeah, and that's it. So yeah, it's we don't have a great answer other right than. Fight. I think that Archer at this point was like, I'm just going, I don't want to sour this relationship. So I'm going to try to like undo this mess, but it, yeah. it ends up blowing up in their face, you know? So um, it's kind of, I think that that's, it's also the reality I think of, of these first contact situations and how they're not always um, rosy. There's, there's sometimes bad results, you know, unintended uh, from these kinds of things. Um Basically, Archer in the end made Trip feel bad for having compassion for another being. Yes, exactly. That's really what it was. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He had too much compassion. What an idiot. So, <laughs> what a jackass. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's got the fun facts tonight? Uh, I'm just looking them up right now. Just give me one second. I, I, I forgot because I don't normally do that, right? So, it's like. All right. Fun fact, Archer royally fucks up in this. Yeah, episode. he's a jackass in this episode. Uh all right. Well, we already mentioned that this was directed by LeVar Burton, uh, obviously of Star Trek Next Generation <laughs> fame. Uh Vician Stratopod interior was a reuse of the Starfleet inspection pod, which was used it was in turn a reuse of the Phoenix cockpit from Star Trek First Contact. Yeah, no wonder it looked cramped. Yeah, well, you know. Also, reuse some uh, office space, office chairs. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, That's true. We're just to believe that those guys, those two guys, were in that little capsule for three days, flying around a sun on office on armless office chairs, like not even comfortable ones. Yeah, nothing comfortable about them. Uh, So this episode, guys, was actually one of the ten essential episodes of the series in the 2008 reference book, Star Trek 101 by Paula M. Block. So it was actually rated as one of the essential episodes to watch of Star Trek. Um, I, I think it's a, I, I, I don't know if it's a top 10, but it's, 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 it's interesting. I, it's thought provoking. Obviously not necessarily from like an yeah. entertainment standpoint, but I think in just terms of like the moral and philosophical questions that this episode rise uh, arises, like I think is a good thing. I think that it's, um that's when i think star trek is at its best you know like it's uh, the more you it makes you think so far yes. i i think this one is is unique to me because i really feel like they do it wrong and usually yes. they do it right right yeah at the end right yeah do you think that's intentional or just like the way they i'm not sure I, it could be intentional it's well it's a well-written episode it really is so F.J. Rio, which was the Vizian uh, chief engineer, previously played Enrique Muniz, uh, Muniz I guess, uh, in a few Star Trek Deep Space Nine episodes, as well as Joleg in Star Trek Voyager's Repetence, which I don't remember that episode. Um, what is his character's name in uh, Deep Space Nine? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Munez. Munez? Munez, oh, okay. yeah. Um, all right. Okay, the Federation built Stratopod like what was seen in this episode was not developed until Star Trek The Next Generation Suspicions, set in two, uh, 2369. Dr. Crusher used a Ferengi invented metamorphic shielding technology on a Starfleet shuttlecraft to enter the corona of a star. Metaphasic. 
Metaphasic, excuse me. Yes, you're right. I don't have an English major or anything. Okay, leave me be. Okay. <laughs> Jody doesn't the, read. Oh, here you go. The board game that uh, Trip and the Cogenitor were playing is in fact a real game, though never mentioned by name. It is a territorial conquest strategy game, Go. Uh, okay. that came out in China in the fourth century and is still quite popular in many circles today. Is it, is it sometimes called Chinese checkers? Is that what this game no, is? No, Chinese checkers is, Chinese checkers. it's the, it's the, the balls thing and it's the balls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I can see how you could come with that for sure. Uh, the Bello and go are the same thing. Just one is American. Uh, we'll have to look, gonna look it up. You looked that up. All right. Uh, the piano music played in his quarters by Tucker for the congenitor is an excerpt from the first movement of Wolfgang Am Amazonas Mozart's uh, Sonata in C. So, yes, we kind of already knew that because it was pretty popular. Um, all right. Uh, at the very end of the episode, Archer informs Tucker of the death of the congenitor. Tucker states that it is his fault, to which Archer responds, you're goddamn right it is. Uh, while Tucker interfered with the alien culture, it was ultimately Archer's decision not to grant the cogenitor asylum that led to the cogenitor's death. Archer's anger may have, in part, been trying to uh, uh, get rid of his own guilt on the matter. So, yeah. Would that have made the scene better if, like, if Trip threw it back at his face? It's like, screw you. You're, you yeah, suck. He's like, you're just as bad as me or something like that. Yeah, that yeah. would have been all right. Like, maybe I shouldn't have given her, taught her to read, but you should have definitely, um, you know, yeah. protected her. And the last one we got here is the idea of having three genders is not that unusual. On Earth, there are several species who reproduce with a male, a female, and an other organism. Uh, the female mates with the male to fertilize the egg. The female then implants the eggs into another host organism uh, where the eggs hatch and the young then consume the host's body until they're ready to leave the host. Uh oh. So there you go. Well, that's not really a three gendered species, though. Yeah, <laughs> not really. No. It's more like a parasite. Um... It's more of a parasitic type thing, like a, you know, uh, bot fly or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. But what yeah. if, like, the cogenitor died like was the host like you know because we we don't even know if the women are the ones who give birth right no we have no idea yeah so no, they don't they don't get into that that could be maybe there was even more to this all right and no othello and go are two completely yeah, different things they're different right. games they're similar right. but different there you go anyway right. ratings right. Let's okay rate ratings i'm actually very interested to see what kevin's gonna rate this one well, if he was rating Archer's uh, performance as a captain, it would be a negative a whole five. different rating. Negative I, five. I would just fire him. <laughs> fire his ass. He's got the nicest boss in Starfleet. You can't get fired. Um, uh, it's a thought-provoking episode. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Eight and a half from Jody. Okay, I'm not with us. Uh, it's a nine. It's good. I'll go eight and a half. Oh, there you go. And a half. Okay. Averaging at 8.7 tonight. So uh, one of the better episodes this season. La uh, last week, I, I give a seven. Oh, yeah. Breach. We, for the breach? Yeah. Well, Pretty that was good. like three weeks but ago. If it was all, we were off for two weeks. If it was all flocks and that story, I would have been 10. But I didn't need the planet. Yeah. 
in that yeah one. like the rock climbing stuff yeah yeah i didn't need any so of that. i will say guys going going out of this episode i am surprised by our ratings i would have thought it would have been lower so i'm probably surprised, surprised by mine all. yeah i'm definitely uh, surprised by yours more than anybody's <laughs> but, yeah, it has uh, a 7.7 on imdb um and yeah i think we, we well the good it. news is gentlemen next week's episode i like uh, okay. Next week's episode is Regeneration. A scientific team in the Arctic um, discovers a crashed uh, <laughs> derelict ship and two cybernetic alien bodies. Oh, no. Is it? Yes. This is the Borg episode. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Over 100 years uh, earlier, when the aliens revive themselves, they kidnap the scientists, hijack their vessel, and move out into space where Enterprise must confront them. I like this. Episode. Resistance is futile. Right. Yeah, this is basically the Borg episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen this episode. It, before. They do it well though because they really tie it up so that way it would interfere with the fact that the Federation doesn't know what the Borg is, right? So, right. They never find out who they are, and yeah. I, I've seen the episode before for sure because it came with the Borg yeah. collection. It's it's the first time Enterprise goes back to Earth, like in the uh, so far. It's it's the no because we already had an episode where they went back to Earth. Did we? Because they had to pull. Oh no, they never did go back to Earth because no, they, they were, were going, going to, to and then they didn't and, and then, then they didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, I guess this would be the first time they're heading back. They're heading back to the base. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I remember liking the episode. It's like a couple drones from First Contact yeah. are like left over or something. And... Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ties into the movie a bit, which is kind of yeah. neat. So. Should be good. Should be good. Board but I also episode. like how they handle the fact that Archer and them have no idea what these things are, and even right. at the end of the episode, they don't realize who they were. They don't. Right. But they yeah. said that they 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 sent a they, in the episode. They go. We, they sent a message to the Delta Quadrant, but it's going to take them like two hundred years to get to get. Yeah, there yeah. So yeah. almost setting up. They the knew next... where they were sending. They were sending their uh, communique, but that was it. Like they had but no idea who they basically were. Basically, this idea that that set up like the the time paradox yeah. that made the Borg aware of Earth in the first place, and yeah, why they why they're why they're they're coming towards. It was actually Earth. this is a really neat episode, though. I I like I like how they did it. It was really cool. For sure, right. I'm looking, looking forward, forward to, that one. to it. Yeah. yeah, it is a cool episode for sure. This is we're in as Devin I think has already mentioned recently. We're kind of in the. The, the nice spot of uh, Enterprise just before they get into the Mako yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've been enjoying... Uh, and the Mako stuff enjoying. is really fun. I like the Mako stuff. But I also... If you like the movie Aliens, you're going to love the Mako stuff because well, that's literally, it's literally a rip-off of that for the most part. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that it was it was always going to be a thing where, of course, they're going to have like a Marine detachment or, yeah. or something on, on a naval vessel. That, that's what Marines are. They're, they're naval well, infantry. They're naval <laughs> Yeah, they're naval soldiers. They're soldiers that get off a boat or a ship. Well, uh, the, or a the, the circumstance that brings them into getting into the Makos, though, is also interesting as well. And then we deal with the species. Um, the, the fact that the one species, not everybody looks the same. They're actually a species of various different things. All kind of. Yeah, the Zindi, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's... It, they're all it's, from the same planet, but they're different species, basically. Yeah, they're all from the same planet, and they fight as one collective, but they are completely different species. <laughs> which right. Is it, it, it like if we, me... if we were fighting alongside dolphins. Yeah, basically. If, that's that's if, really what it is. If dolphins could fly their own spaceships, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, right. well, they Give probably it time, could. Man. Give it time. 
They could. There was a whole area for it. But on, it also uh, kind of feels so, like yeah. um, with the United Nations or like if we were dealing with Earth, but there might be all the, the different nation states and how they are kind of collectively together, but right. separate. Yeah, but we're all humans, right? Like it's right. where our, the city yeah, well, isn't like that. It's like the only, you, you have the insect people, you have the, like, on our planet there. Well, there used to be, there used to be the Neanderthals and humans, yeah. but the Neanderthals yeah. died off. But um, yeah. it's, it's conceivable that other planets would have multiple sentient species. Yeah. I really yeah. like it. Actually. Yeah. I really like that whole, the whole Zindi arc. Um, it, it definitely adds value to Star Trek. For sure. I, I'm, I'm excited to get well, to this that. Next part episode of the show. is really fun. The All right, episode so is really Borg good. episode, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of Enterprise cast in it though. Like it, it it's oh, that sounds great. <laughs> it, it's like well, it's uh, like you deal with the scientists that discover them and stuff like that first, and then eventually the Enterprise. I always love those episodes, like Carbon Creek, and yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Carbon Creek's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. it's totally different, not expected, but it was a good episode. Uh, according to the Den of Geek, it's listed as the third best episode behind In a Mirror Darkly and Carbon Creek. So there you go. I would uh, agree with that. It is a really good episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, I think In a Mirror Darkly is still my favorite Enterprise episode. But Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I like that one, too. Technically. It's, got every, it's got everything in that one. Yeah. It's okay. Fun. Well, right. excited to talk about regeneration. Uh, thanks for uh, But what other things are you excited to talk about, Dave? I'm excited to talk about Star Trek D Space Nine. Oh, okay. Uh, did you know that we're going to be talking about that tomorrow night here on Live Long and Podcast? We're talking really? about the episode You Are Cordially Invited, which is where Worf and uh, Jed Zia got married oh. in Star Trek. That's tomorrow's episode. Oh, uh, you're going to. Not gonna a be, fan. You're going to be. Yeah, you're, you're going to be there, Jody. You're right there. You'd be like, I wanted to hear what they had to say about the, the wedding no, episode no. and, and the, the feats of strength. I love the wedding episode. Yeah, I love I love the bachelor party and how it's just the, the the jokiness of it is fun, but it's just it it's not a Star Trek episode to me. But uh, anyway. uh, when is TNG coverage coming? Definitely not before not uh, for the next two years, probably uh, not, not until, until we finish one of these. <laughs> one of these has to be off, and then yeah, because you're in what the fifth season for six, six. space. We got yeah, we basically have now? a year left of Enterprise and D Space Nine. So yeah, because um, we're gonna end probably around the same time because we have. Two well, we left. still have two seasons left. We're near the end of the second season We're, now. Th in theory, if like we went every week from here to there, D Space Nine would finish a bit ahead, but yeah, uh, the good chance is Enterprise is going to catch up. It's been catching up for a while, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the uh, last two weeks. So <laughs> now that uh, <laughs> uh, D Space Nine has been off, off and on those last few weeks too. Well, I didn't want to cancel tonight. Even though it's my daughter's birthday today, <laughs> third week in a row. Yeah, uh, but I'm like third week in a row. I can't cancel. But at this uh, point, so, you know, so also we'll be talking about the next episode of Star Trek Prodigy, and we've been covering that season this uh, on Thursday. I'll be on with Jessica Chan and Davin Skillhorn on Thursday to talk about that episode. Uh, looking forward to that. It's been a cool season. They just did their Borg episode, and oh, episode three of Prodigy, the one we just did this last Thursday, was so funny and so good. Um, I would really was that the one with uh, what's his name in it? um it's got um well i don't know if i want to spoil it for anybody but it's got the guy chakotay. The... was it the one with chakotay oh well he no he wasn't in the episode no oh okay um do i, do I don't I watch you... it so yeah well i don't know well, don't spoil it for people okay i won't i won't uh, here's a little here's a little hint live logs and proper live logs and proper so uh, uh yeah, there's there's uh, some 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 really funny stuff. 
So uh, check out that Star Trek Radio Theater. We just put out the edited version of The Way to Eden, if you didn't know. Uh, we're still working on the subtitles, but uh, yeah, that's that's out there in our YouTube channel and other places. If you want to listen to the, that uh, edit, I think uh, we're going to be recording a new I, one live. I literally phoned it in. You voted. It's great. Yeah. It works really well in the episode. Yeah, where <laughs> I recorded was it because if I was there live, I would have disrupted the entire thing. Uh, so. No, it was good. I think we're gonna be doing something similar because uh, for it, what we're gonna be recording uh, our our end of year movies could be Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier. What does oh, God really? need? Oh yeah. Yes, finally took my advice. I threw oh. it to Jeff. I was like, "Which Star Trek Five or Star Trek Six? And he was like, Five. Oh, Let's Six would have been so. more fun. So, uh, well, actually, no, yeah, five. No, would come be on, more... row, row, row your boat. Yeah, row. five, five would definitely be more funny. <laughs> and sure. uh, and and Jamil also said it would be great to get uh, Michael Chan as Uhura doing the that would dance be so or something. Funny. So, uh, so that that what you should do is do a live segment and just have him like record himself and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it as a TikTok. Just do it like um, kind of like a TikTok, yeah. Yeah, so we got all this great stuff. Locutor's a trek, of course. Uh, Davin Scott doing Debate Nine, and uh, and the different co- great um, uh, uh, segments here on Live Long and Podcast. Um, and but he's got a lot going on, Davin Scott. Yeah, he's all over the know. place. He on Tuesdays he's got his X Men the animated series rewatch, uh, X rated, which is part of course of the United Federation of Podcasts. And on Wednesday he's doing Hold Up. I'm going to be on this one. It's a movie podcast. Him and Chris Murphy do this on Wednesdays. Yeah, and, I'm still or, waiting for my invite. Well, I'm, I'm I think so. this is like the second or third episode. So we're talking about three um, uh, apocalypse movies this uh, this, oh, this Wednesday. Oh, that would have been a great one for me. Dystopia. That's what it is. We're doing uh, oh, okay. um, Logan's Run. Excellent movie. Uh, Gattaca and also Southland good. Tales. I've so, never watched Southland Tales. Um, me either. It's the first time up. That, that was Murphy's pick. We all got to pick a movie. So Davin yeah. picked... Um, uh, Gattaca is good. Logan's Run. I Logan's Run is a classic. And, yeah, uh, Gattaca is yeah. a good movie. Yeah. So Even though I don't like Elma Thurman, but... All three of those. So I won't be able to Great be movie. on Super Mater Brothers podcasting uh, this this Wednesday. Talk about Survivor. But if you didn't know, that's when we talk about Survivor. Uh, oh, is that what that's about? All right. Yeah. Big Brother and different things. Uh, Ellie was robbed. Yes, uh, Sam Higdon. Um, that must got... mean something to somebody. Well, not to you, Jody. Does that mean anything to you, Kevin? <laughs> no. All right. Good. <laughs> Uh, and what else, guys? Uh, of course, here on Live Long and Podcast, United Federation Podcast, Hold Up, X-Rated, Graphics History Podcast, The Hellbound Podcast. Some great cover, some great content. So basically, there's a lot of podcasts. So many podcasts. United Federation of Podcasts. That's go. why they're united. Trivial debates. We got trivial debates, guys. I was there's a music one coming, isn't there? We got one coming up very soon on November 27th. We're going to be at nighttime recording, actually. We got Seymour versus Jamil versus Ryland Forsyth in a music themed episode. Oh, Chris's answer is going to be primus to everything. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting uh, questions in this one. Uh, I'll just quickly uh, pull that up. Um, yeah, bring up the questions. I'll give you my answer. Okay, so uh, movies is which movie moment was most enhanced by music? Schindler's That's List. That's a tough one. Uh, TV. Which TV theme best encapsulates its show? Oh, that that would have to be something like Gilligan's Island or something. Perfect scary. Strangers. You know, Perfect Strangers. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what is the best solo instrument? Hmm. Uh, sports oh. is what is I like the a best... really good solo. Like a what solo? I like a really good drum solo. I like a fiddle. Ah, fiddle. That'd be a good one. Fiddle. Yeah. Hmm. I would... Banjo? Or a harmonica. 
Oh, like a, a There's really not enough harmonica good. anymore. I would say yeah. piano. Hmm, piano. Well, uh, solid choice. What is the best song to celebrate a win? Like, uh, we, we are the champions, champions by uh, Queen. Yeah, it's <laughs> the obvious one. Uh, who is the most influential musician or composer in history? In history. In history. In all of history? Most influential. <laughs> Who's influenced music the most? And uh, that one, I don't know. Who that's good. How, are we, how, are we, how are we gonna solve that in like a ten minute debate? It's like it's like when when I was asked uh, when we had the question, "What is the greatest music city for music uh, in history?" and I said Vienna, <laughs> and everybody was like, "What are you fucking talking about?" <laughs> that's where Mozart from. Um, and Wildcard, who is the best fictional musician? Fictional musician. Uh, the crow he's uh okay uncle jesse <laughs> How about, uh, <laughs> that's a good one i like that one the stat in queen of the damned oh okay so, yeah yeah good work so or uh, um uh wayne's world the girls oh uh, yeah tia, uh yeah. uh tia Carrera's character whoever that was so yeah for sure well she didn't sing anything that was original though uh no no anyway <laughs> but so it was all... fun seeing her with a snake yeah sure i'll leave um, it at that all right well i think that's it guys i think we'll we'll go i got i got a, a, a clip here we can go out on not a nice uh, one uh it's not gonna be a long one is it it's a little bit uh i don't know but uh it's it's not too long okay we'll see you next time everybody live long and podcast thanks to the crew and uh hopefully adam's back next week all right. Yeah, so I don't know fine. what happened with him. Hopefully he's all right. It's time you learned to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions. You've always been impulsive. Maybe yes. this will teach you a lesson. That's the man who's impulsive. I understand. Do you? I'm not so sure you do. All right. See you next time, everyone. Yes, sir.